Welcome back to the Performance Cycling Podcast. This is a Prem Lap. I'm Todd Narwood here with my co-host Jason Hammond. Hey Todd, so what if I told you that researchers were able to find a relationship between total body mass and frontal area? I guess that wouldn't surprise me to a point, right? A larger person probably has more frontal area. That intuitively makes sense. But tell me more. So what these researchers did was they took 21 cyclists and they had an average weight of about 25 kilos. Their average height was uh, 1.82 meters. Um, so that's it's like 5'10", 5'11", I believe. And um, they were on average about 24 years old. They took three pictures at different trunk angles. So if you look at a rider from the side and you take a line from, you take a line along their back, they, they took pictures of their frontal view at 5, 10, and 15 degrees. And they also took pictures at three different seat tube angles of 70, 75, and 80. So they were able to get six pictures per person. And out of the 183 photos they had, they found a proportional equation relating frontal area and mass. And the equation they found was that the frontal area was proportional to body mass to the 0.7 to sixth power or about three quarters of of a power how do you say this you know um let's take body mass to the three quarter and that is proportional to the frontal area for that individual rider well what does this mean and the the idea here is that if we lose weight we can see changes in our frontal area and we know frontal area is is linearly proportional to aerodynamic drag if we decrease the frontal area, we have less drag. If we increase our body mass, we have less frontal area. If we decrease our body mass, we can see a quantifiable improvement in our aerodynamics. So what are, we, what are we talking about here? Like how much body mass change does one need to have before they you know, say make a I don't know, three to 5% improvement in their aerodynamic profile? So I did run the math in two ways. So for one, if you lose 5% of your body weight, according to their proportionality equation, your drag decreases by 3.3%. So you can see this, this three-quarter power, it, it means if you lose a certain percent of your body weight, you lose some two-thirds of it in aerodynamic drag. Mm -hmm. um, so this 5% body weight is some seven to nine pounds for an individual rider you'll see a three percent improvement in your in your aerodynamic drag and i think this is interesting because we normally associate losing body mass with climbing going up hills you have to take less mass up the hill so it's less energy but actually losing weight can also make you faster on flat roads or in at high speeds and so realizing there is this relationship and i, I would actually argue that 3% is a big gain for some seven pounds of weight loss. Sure, that's, that's reasonable. And it, it affects sort of multiple parts of the equation that are slowing us down, right? Mass that we have to move and drag. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of like double dipping when we're able to lower our body, body mass a little bit more. We are, we're dipping in in that we're likely to be faster up the climbs, that's uh, sort of the stereotypical thing that we all know. But we're also actually able to go faster on the flats. And so that's why you'll see, I think, 
a lot of professional cyclists, they really take advantage of this. We know even small riders like Nairo Quintana, who they, yes, they have a high threshold, but the reason they're able to keep up with these big riders in the pack, obviously they're not going to be as strong as Peter Sagan, Greg Van Avermaet in these one day classics, but they do have this little advantage of, I don't need to push as many watts because my aerodynamics are, my frontal area is smaller than yours. So it is interesting. I always wondered how these really tiny riders were able to have enough power to keep up in these, you know, really powerful races. It's like, well, they need less watts because they don't have as much aerodynamic drag as the rest of us. And they also tend to be, you know, smaller, right? Just in stature. And so obviously that that's going to play a role in your frontal area as well. Yeah. So this, this small light rider may have only 75% of the frontal area that you do. So they, their watt requirement is only 75% of yours. So understanding that relationship is interesting and also being able to quantify the advantages of weight loss. Especially in California, there's a lot of really heavy riders who are very strong. Maybe this is an argument for, for you to say, I know you really want to focus on strength, but we can also see improvements from you dropping a few pounds. And it's interesting because there, there are some riders who are pushing up on 180, 190 in the, in the P12 field. And uh, actually, one of my club members has been losing a lot of weight, and he's uh, really tall and um, pretty big, and he's he's really been happy with his weight loss, and it's likely that there's aerodynamic improvements as well. Yeah, certainly not the primary thing you're thinking about when, okay, well, maybe if I was you know a couple of kilos lighter, I might be faster. Uh, you're not you're not doing you're not thinking. I don't think consciously. At least I wouldn't have been. Like, oh yeah, it's going to improve my aerodynamics. Um, I would have thought like, oh, it's going to improve my power to weight ratio. Fantastic. That's, that's great. Uh, but this is a, an added benefit. Yeah. And, uh, our previous episode on doping, a lot of the grand tour riders were also really interested in lowering their body mass. And we thought intuitively that that was for climbing. Of course, the Tour de France has a lot of climbing, but it also can help explain why they do so well in the time trials. You, you might expect a larger rider to do better in the time trials, but actually their frontal area is going to be bigger. So it's interesting that relationship, this sort of gives us a little bit of insight into what is that right balance between weight, aerodynamics, frontal area? How does it all mesh together? I'm not sure researchers are able to fully quantify it, but there is, of course, some advantage to losing, losing some body weight. Well, and you know, the other thing about Tour de France riders is they climb at a speed where drafting actually matters. Yeah, that as well. So us amateurs, we, we would say... Well, you know, my weight matters because 95% of my energy loss comes from going uphill. These riders are probably closer to about 50-50. And 50% of their energy goes into um, aerodynamic loss and 50% goes into going up gravity. So, yeah, there is even an advantage. Little, in climbing. It's a little bit different equation for them than it is for the rest of us. Yeah. So, Todd, that's all I have for the pre-lap. Uh, get out there and go ride your bike.